0: Welcome to the Competition Archery Media Podcast where we explore all things competition archery. I'm your host, PJ Riley, and today I am joined by 2019 Lancaster Archery Classic Open Pro Champion Jacob Marlowe. Jacob, thanks for being here today. Oh, uh, no problem. How are you, PJ? I am just fine. But I guess the big question is: how are you? It is today is Thursday. A couple days since the classic. What's been happening in the last few days?
1: Uh not a whole lot. I actually got back Monday and went straight to class. Then uh, I went straight to class all day yesterday and now I'm in between classes today.
0: Come on, you went to class Monday after winning thirty some thousand dollars on Sunday.
1: Yeah I got off the plane at ten and had an eleven A.M. class
0: Oh man, what is, what are you studying and where are you going to school? Uh,
1: I go to Florida State and I'm doing a business administration major.
0: How about that? What What is it that you hope to do with that major someday?
1: Oh, probably nothing. I'll probably just have a degree. <laughs>
0: That's You're just going to shoot your bow for the rest of your life, right?
1: Yeah. Well, at least, hopefully <laughs> at least for a few
0: years. <laughs> so as we mentioned, um, 2019 Classic Champion, I went back the last uh, two years you were in the shootoffs in the finals you got knocked out both years what's it like for you now you're on the podium you're in a shoot one hour shootoff closest to center with mr perfect mike schlosser you see he drops a low left 10 and then you see yours hit center 11 what's that feeling like
1: uh, i don't really know how to describe it it's just after coming so close so many freaking times You know, finally winning that she kind of meant a lot to me. And then, you know, having my brother there and then, you know, Darren right behind me, I kind of look up to him as kind of like, you know, like a second father figure anyway. So it was pretty cool to have everybody around me.
0: Yes. I mean, um, as soon as you hit that arrow, you gave the fist pump. There's Darren Christianberry right there. Your brother Tyler comes running out of the stands, gives you a big hug. I mean, that's just got to be the ultimate feeling there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely pumped for it. Uh, you know, like I said, that one meant a lot to me, you know, probably more so than any other win that I've had.
0: Um, And is this the biggest win you've had in the indoor game?
1: Uh, I mean, I've won indoor nationals, but uh, I mean, it's right there with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last year. That's correct. You won uh, indoor nationals. I forgot about that. Uh, and Vegas, I believe you made it to the shoot up last year. Yeah. I, I was actually the number one qualifier
1: too. And I just sucked in the shoot off. So. You know, I finished fourth there.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of which, we got Vegas coming up here in a couple of days. How does this prepare you for that?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, you kind of like – I've shot that in Iowa this year, so I kind of got like, you know, the first tournament or two jitters out of the way. So, uh, I mean, I got some confidence going into it. So, hopefully it relays well. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I might go there and shoot like a 240 the first day. I don't know.
0: now what is the is there a difference for you from your perspective uh here at the classic obviously the x is an 11 so you kind of need those points at vegas you don't need that you just need the 10 ring does that change things for you is that any different
1: oh no no because i look at the i mean i you know in practice i you know for the most part shoot 300s so I, i'm more based like how well i'm shooting on my x count so yeah, if I go there and shoot a 323X the first day, I'm, yeah, I'm happy I'm a 300. Don't get me wrong, but in that shoot especially, but like I'm not going to be happy with it, you know, a 23 just because that's well below my average and I obviously did something wrong.
0: Um, And now watching you, uh, which, which, now you shoot for elite archery. Which bow are you shooting these days? Uh, I'm shooting the Victory X. And it just looks like just watching you at the classic, I mean, your bow arm always looks steady, but this one on Sunday, your bow arm just looked like it wasn't even moving at all. Is this one, do you, do you feel really confident with this bow? Tell us about how it feels in your hands.
1: Uh, but yeah, my stabilizer was still, my stop picture was not, but no, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I've just had really good luck with this bow. i played with the echelon some and I've won a couple tournaments with it, but I just, I feel day in, day out, I'm more consistent just with my shot process on the victory than I was the echelon. So, I you know, I stick with what I have confidence in.
0: So speaking of your shot process, so we always get a lot of comments about your anchor point. It's kind of unique where your uh, lip comes in contact with the string, kind of curls up at the side there. What? <laughs> How did you develop that and, and what does it feel like to you from your end? I mean,
1: it's it's just a comfort thing for me, you know. It's what I'm used to. I actually got it because when I was a kid, uh, when I got my first tournament bow, we had ordered, I was it was a Hoyt, and back when they had the cam and a half, so like I was probably about a 25 and a half inch draw, which was what the cam we ordered we thought went down to, except we actually ended up ordering a cam one inch too long, and uh, so when I wanted to shoot it, obviously, so I just started shooting at an inch too long and it would either dig into my face or I could pull my lip back and lean way back. So I just leaned way back and, you know, pulled my lip back where I wouldn't get, you know, like super uncomfortable
0: contact. And you shot that enough to where then that became comfortable to you.
1: Yeah. Cause I shot that bow for a couple of years and then, you know, at that draw length, I would just progressively, if it got the, you know, well, I guess it's more of like an orthodox draw length, I would lengthen it back out to get back to what I was comfortable with. And I've stayed the same way shooting for probably 10 years. How about that?
0: <laughs> Uh so Jacob how old are you? I'm 23. 23, okay. And you've been shooting pro for how long? Uh since I was 17. 17, okay. Um and as you said now you're in a class for business administration. Do your other do your classmates, the other people around you, do they realize what a superstar you are in the archery world?
1: Uh I don't even talk about archery honestly. Hardly around home just to my friends and stuff. Yeah. I mean, my friends know what I do and stuff, but I, I you know, it's not something I just want to talk about 24 seven, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. So here's so you go to class Monday morning, you're in there, your professors talking to you, people sitting around and they probably have no idea. Here's a guy who just won one of the biggest archery indoor archery tournaments in the country yesterday.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, cause like, you know, the way I look at it, nobody really here would really care. So, like, I don't want to, like, you know, tell them all about what I've done on the weekend because they're not going to care, and it really doesn't matter.
0: That's incredible. Is is uh, archery, I mean, I would think down there, Florida State, that there would still be a lot of rednecks there who might uh, be into shooting bows.
1: Oh, there is. It's just all hunters. We, I mean, we really, like, on tournament archery, we don't have a whole lot here. We have, like, a local 3D. There might be 15, 20 people show
0: up. How about that? So how did you get into it? Because you also, if I recall, I mean, you've done Gator Cup. You've done some of the USAT uh, tournaments. How did you get into tournament archery?
1: Well, my dad had always, he had got into it with just a couple friends he had made, and they had started shooting. And I was a fat kid, so, like, I wasn't good at other sports, so I kind of took it up.
0: You were a fat kid.
1: Oh, dude, I was huge. Yeah, I was like 5'8 and 220. I was so fat.
0: Well, what happened? Because now you're like a string bean.
1: Yeah, I did like, you know, like I did like the normal diet, just starve yourself for two years and then you lose all of it.
0: (laughs) Starve yourself for two years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, then you get skinny. No, actually, I I actually eat super healthy and go to the gym probably five or six days a week.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, How do you find that helps you? You know, now some people do have the the stereotype that uh tournament archer, that's a guy up there with a big beard belly and you know, that's all they can do is shoot the bow. But how do you find being in shape and eating healthy? How does that help your archery?
1: Uh, you are I feel like you're more consistent day in, day out. You don't have as much fatigue, uh, even mental fatigue. I feel like you don't have as much if you're in shape and you eat the right foods.
0: Right, right. Um so your sense of humor that's something that you know Rob uh Caulfield always likes to talk about and the crowd really gets into uh, at the classic when uh, Rob gives you the microphone and I'm I'm just wondering is that something that helps calm your nerves while you're up there on the podium
1: Not really I've just kind of always been like a little smart alecky honestly because like, I mean, like always in school, because I was always screw around and then the teachers start yelling at me. So to stay out of trouble, I kind of try to make them laugh. Or when I got sent to the office, I'd, you know, make the principal try to get him to laugh where he'd be easy on me and stuff like that. You know, it's more of like to stay out of trouble.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, and for people at home, um, what is that like standing on the podium Uh, we, we hear about it in a lot of comments. They're like, man, that must be difficult that the archers, you know, in the, in the zone, in the game. And then here comes this guy sticking a microphone in your face. Does that change your mental attitude?
1: No, I actually, I feel like it's actually more calming than people would think because it gets your mind off of what you're doing.
0: Oh, okay. So it might be more, uh, hectic for you if you were only focusing on the shooting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be subjective to the shooter, but for me, you know, it actually makes it easier.
0: Gotcha. How about that? Um, Was there any time during the final shoot up there on Sunday that you felt um, out of it or off your game? I know you say that you never feel comfortable up there, but at home it sure doesn't look like that. You're just always right in there. But for you, was there any time where you felt like things were coming apart or not going the way you wanted?
1: um no i mean i had like i had one bad end against mikey where i because like i had been like when i had missed like during qualifications everything was right and you know i was just getting a little weak and i missed one over there to the right against mikey just barely out and so you know i thought about that and the next one i tried to break left side x just in case and i just broke a little too far over because i'm I'm obviously not holding great because you know it's kind of a a little bit of a pressure situation. I just break a little too far left and miss another one there, and then I end up getting the last one. You know so that I'm, you know, kind of get back on track. But that's the only time I had, you know, anything. I'm like, well, that really sucks. <laughs> um,
0: so speaking of the precision shooting, uh, Braden Gallantine on Friday shoots only the second 660 ever in Lancaster Classic history. What, what does that take? I, I mean, I'm sure you've had long runs of perfect arrows, but what does that take to do 60 in a row in competition situation?
1: I don't know. I've, it was, that was impressive. I've never shot 60 X's in a competition. I haven't done it a whole lot. I mean, I do it in practice, but it's, you know, not an everyday thing, that's for sure. I mean, that, I don't know. Like, the mental fatigue that you have to have to be hitting 60 has got to be unreal. I mean, Braden shot, you know, that was ridiculous.
0: Well, and then the next day he comes out in his first match. And I think not only did he drop a 10, but I think he shot a nine in his first match the next day.
1: Yeah, he shot a nine on his second arrow. On
0: his second arrow. So but, is that surprising to you or is it is it a situation where he just used up all his X's the day before?
1: I mean, there's got to be a point, you know, you're bound to miss eventually you know, I don't care. I mean, I don't have a, I don't care who you are. You're going to miss, you know, it just happened at that time. I mean, is it like super surprising it happens? No, but I mean, is it a little bit? Yeah, for sure. The way he shot the day before and just looking at Braden's record, he's, you know, one of the best shooters that there's
0: ever been. Yeah. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so we got, uh, the Vegas shoot, uh, that you're, that's coming up here shortly. Um, coming off of the classic, are you, so are you shooting the same number of arrows every day? Have you cut down, increased? What's your training regimen here with the, with Vegas, uh, basically a week away?
1: I mean, I don't really have like a set training regimen. I like, I got home Monday after class. I shot a couple of arrows. I didn't shoot yesterday. I just didn't have time. And then I shot probably twenty or thirty arrows uh this morning right when I got home from class and I might shoot another I might shoot a scoring round here before I go back, but I, I mean I don't necess- I don't have anything said. I kinda just shoot when I want to. If I don't wanna shoot, I'm not gonna go shoot or else it's no fun and I don't wanna be doing it.
0: Well, we hear about people like uh Rio who is into the arrow count. He likes to shoot a ton of arrows every day. That's not necessarily what works for you, I take it.
1: Oh, God, no. That, like, I think he had posted a he shoots like, 10 Vegas rounds a day. There's, like, I don't know. I have went two weeks, like, in the season and not shot 10 rounds in two weeks. Like,
0: I, I'm not shooting that
1: many arrows. I have no urge to shoot that many arrows, and I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> you like to keep it fun.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, that just seems like it's just got to be so draining. Like, I'm just not waking up and, you know, gonna, I'm going to go shoot. 300 airs today. I don't think I've ever shot 300 airs in a day in my life. How about
0: that? <laughs> um, now, how about the difference then after Vegas, then there's about three weeks, I think. And then the first ASA in Foley, what will that changeover be like for you? What What do you do to make the switch?
1: Uh, I mean, I should probably get to thinking about that because I haven't even started to even think about 3d. I mean, I'll just throw some, probably some 23s on the same boat that I'm shooting in tuned it inside in. And that's it? Yeah. I mean, I shoot the same, I shoot a blue pin in 3D, same one I shoot indoors, same aperture, same everything.
0: No kidding. How about that? Um, yeah. So speaking of which, that brings up an interesting point there. You shoot a blue pin. Is it lit?
1: Yeah, I got a uh, LP light on it. Okay.
0: Um, have you ever played around with the dots uh, just in the center of your lens, or have you just always been a lighted pin guy?
1: Uh, I just, I've just i shot them for about five arrows and realized I hated it, so I went back to the pin. I did that last year. I was up practicing with a buddy in Tennessee, and we uh, we both played with it, and we both hated it equally, so we snatched
0: them right back off. Five arrows. You, you really uh, gave it the college try there.
1: Yeah, I really put a lot of effort into finding one.
0: You just but i I'm guessing you just knew right away, nope, this isn't happening.
1: Yeah, it was if I shot like five arrows and it was awful. I quit it. Like I mean I that's what d I don't know if I've put in time just to learn how to aim with a large dot, but I really don't feel like putting that much work into it, honestly. When I have something that I know that works for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. Um so now you once you get into the ASA game, then indoor's not over yet, though, because we'll have NFA indoor nationals. Is it is it easier for you to just be in ASA mode and get out of the indoor mode, or does it not matter to you?
1: I mean, shooting a bow, shooting a bow for me. I know how far they are at both of them. So, like, I mean, I look at it from that aspect. It's still just trying to hit the spot. I mean, five. Five spot's pretty easy to aim on but, and it's pretty easy to shoot it's just when you miss it's usually just because it's sixty errors and you get lazy. That's the hardest thing about indoor nationals or any five spot round is just keeping your concentration for four hours
0: the uh, ASA speaking of that, so you shoot the uh, uh the known pro um, division where you know the distance and you can use a range finder on the course. you made the switch. I want to say like 2016, I believe uh, you switched over. Yeah. Um, how how was that going for you? You obviously like the known game.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I got so fed up with just judging yardage, and it got so old to me. I wanted to I have more fun shooting known because I know where the air is going to go. I would shoot unknown, and you know, shoot one break a good air and be like two inches high, and then I'm like frustrated because I. You know, there's nothing I can change. I can't necessarily, I guess you can control the yardage judging, but up to an extent, there's so many different variations that can happen. i like to know exactly where my error is going to go. You know, that's just what I prefer. You know, there's some people that, you know, enjoy the unknown. That's
0: just not me. Well, that class last year, the known pro class, I mean, that blew up. I mean, a lot of pros switched over from open uh, pro to the known pro Do you see that trend continuing, or what? What's the future of that look like?
1: I don't. I mean, I mean, yeah, we're growing, but Open Pro's holding their numbers pretty solid. You know, from where they're at now, and I don't want to see Open Pro die because, you know, it's a different type of archery. You know, judging, I don't want to see it go away. I think, and I I truly think both can coexist. You know, at least in the Open Pro level, not necessarily with the seniors or women's, just because there's not enough archers in it. But with, with what we have in Open Pro, there's so many different types of shooters. I think, you know, it, depending on sponsors, obviously, it I think both could coexist.
0: Hmm. that's interesting. I mean, it would certainly, obviously, Levi Morgan's a friend of yours, and he's just like a freak at judging distance. Um, it would... yeah,
1: he's a he's he's good at everything and anything
0: in life. <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to slate his archery ability because he's certainly good with a bow, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I've golfed with him. He drives at 320. I tried playing pool against him. He killed me. Like, there's nothing he's not good at.
0: Doesn't that get aggravating after a while?
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) he's just literally good at anything. He probably even walks in a straighter line and quicker than everybody (laughs) else too. It's amazing on some of the stuff.
0: (laughs) So what do you do what does Jacob Marlowe do in his off time? What do you do when you're not shooting bows or going to class?
1: Uh, I mean I'll go to the gym, I'll hunt when I can, uh try to fish a little bit. Not a whole lot. You know, I live in kind of, you know, like straight up like deep south. Kind of things while she would stereotype anybody from my area
0: the um so hunting and fishing are are you in a part of Florida? I know not all of it is perfectly suited for hunting, but are you in an area where it is good? No, no,
1: there's not a single part in Florida where there's good hunting. I just enjoy it, so I go. <laughs>
0: Hogs, you got a lot of hogs down there.
1: Oh yeah, they're awful. though <laughs> I mean, there's nothing where They're such
0: a nuisance.
1: I swear to God, I hate. There's nothing I hate more than a hog
0: Is that? Oh, I love hunting hogs. That's one of my favorite things. I don't know why. Oh
1: God, yeah, but I don't no, live with like, them though. Yeah, you let they they tear up everything. You you get a decent set, and then hogs find it. Because in Florida, you can bait on private land. So we'll bait. So and then you know, but you'll have it. You know couple good deer showing up regularly on camera, and then hogs coming. and you
0: don't see them for the rest of the year. Um, So I don't know if you've been—you probably have been following uh, Dan and Emily McCarthy's um, tribulations with trying to get home from the Lancaster archery class. Yeah, as
1: far as I know, they're still in Philadelphia. Yes.
0: Uh, And so where they're trying to get at their home, it's like minus 50 degrees. How would that be for a Florida boy going to minus 50?
1: Uh, it's 60 degrees outside right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it wouldn't go well. Like, that was actually the first year I shot Lancaster. I went up there and stayed with a friend, and like a couple of days before the shoot, and that's when they had three foot of snow. Yes. I'd never seen snow.
0: Is that right? That's
1: what I, yeah, that's what I get drugged
0: into. That was the first time you saw it?
1: Yeah, there was three foot of it. I was pissed. What?
0: <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, that was the 2016 what is this, 19? Yeah, the 2016 Classic, obviously we had, that was a record even for us. That was the most snow we had seen in 24 hours in 100 years, 36 inches. So, I mean, it was a, it was a deluge no matter who you are or where you're from. so
1: Yeah, especially if you had never seen yeah, it. Yeah, I
0: mean, talk about a way to get thrown into it. <laughs> um, I, I know one thing I wanted to ask you about is the belt buckle. Uh, the, so, um, Montana silversmiths this year, they made a special belt buckle for the, uh, open pro champion of the classic and you got it. I n- have never seen it up close and I can tell you, um, I'm hoping you have it with you in, uh, Las Vegas. Cause one of the things we failed to do, we never took a picture of it.
1: Yeah. He's supposed to, uh, he was, uh, I forget the guy's name, but, uh, that was card somewhere. But uh, he was taking it back and getting it engraved for me and then uh, bringing me as out to go with it.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. I mean, you got to look at it. Is it pretty cool? What's it look like?
1: Honestly, uh, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention.
0: They just handed like it to I, you and you handed he said, it back.
1: Yeah. I know he said it, it's made like, the uh, it's got like gold and silver plating and like Swarovski crystals in it and stuff. Yeah. Like I don't know what like half of that is, but I'm, I just kind of shook my head and I'm like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> i mean it looked cool so
0: So that's going to be on your uh um quiver belt this year uh i think there was a 500 hundred dollar contingency if you wear it this season
1: yeah so i'll be wearing it
0: (laughs) that's cool well good then one then one of these tournaments where we catch up you we need a picture because we all forgot to take a picture of it
1: (laughs) yeah he's supposed to bring it they're supposed to have a booth and be bringing it to vegas Uh, i mean last time i talked to the guy
0: gotcha gotcha yeah um so uh, getting back to the um, ASA shooting, which um, Foley is up first, do you have any particular special goals for ASA this year? Obviously, you probably want to win as many as you can, but I don't know how you approach a season. Um, what's your mindset going into that?
1: Uh, I mean, I haven't, like I, I haven't got it set up, so I don't really know what I'm expecting out of it yet. But, I mean, I go in every... You know, obviously, just like anybody else here, I want to win every tournament that I shoot. But, you know, that's not exactly possible because, you know, you have people like Chance and Jesse and Justin, Hannah, and Hauser, you know, a bunch of people that shoot really, really good. So it makes... it yeah, so it makes it super hard on me when everybody else is good. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, uh, is it. a little disheartening when you when you see the known pro class growing by some of these big names and, and actually even people like Braden Galantine and Paul Tedford are starting to come out for 3D. How, how's that feel when you see those names showing up in the...
1: Oh, it don't, I mean, it don't bother me. I mean, I actually like it because we're getting a lot more shooters, a lot more crossover. The more participation we have, the more money we have, you know, and then the more publicity that we get, you know, it just brings in more options of where the actual, you know, like Cal Media, it gives it more, uh, I guess, possibilities that it can go with. Right, right.
0: Why do you think ASA is so popular? That sh- Those shoots have like basically doubled in two years. What What is it that they're doing that makes it so attractive to archers to come shoot their shoots? They're so well
1: ran and, you know, we have, there's a class for anybody, you know, it's not hard to, you know, go somewhere that you fit in, you know, with your equipment, with your abilities, you can find something that'll, you know, make you feel competitive and, uh, you know, and it's so organized. There's nothing that you can't find there. You know, it's not like you're having to search for the vendor areas for a certain vendor for a certain range. There's signs everywhere so you know exactly where to go when to be there and what to do
0: right it just to me looking in from the outside it, it seems like um once you get to like 2,000 archers that that could then be like oh man there's so many people here but having been to a couple of them now I know the flow is pretty good you can be on uh one of your ranges the pro ranges you don't even know that there's 1,500 archers you know somewhere else on the on the property, uh, so it's, no, it seems to flow yeah. pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have so much land at most of them. I mean, you know, your ranges are, I mean, you've, I mean, like I said, you've seen them, you know, you've walked through the courses, you know, you walk through multiple courses to get to your course. You're not having to walk 10,000 miles to go to your next targets,
0: right in the lane next over. It's just, I mean, it's
1: just really, really shooter friendly for, you know,
0: anybody. So how about, um, uh, as we mentioned, Gator Cup, um, USAT, was that something that you just uh, didn't want to get into or tell us about your USAT experience?
1: Like, I, sh- I mean, I like shooting. I just don't like shooting and win. I don't like traveling that much. You know, like, I mean, I get, like some guys, you know, love to travel overseas. I like being home with my friends. You know, I don't want to have to, I'm not somebody that wants to shoot 25 or 30 shoots a year. 12 to 15 is, you know, that's the amount that I'll still enjoy it and don't feel like it's a burden on me.
0: Are, are you able to do that and make a living as a pro? Can, is that enough or do the companies require more of you? How does that work?
1: No, yeah. I mean, as long as I make, yeah, I, I make enough that I can make a living at it. So, uh, as you know, as long as I meet my contract obligations, you know, I might go, you know, I might go to a couple extra sheets just for fun, but, you know, I'll meet every one of my contract obligations, you know, to obviously keep my contracts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's enough that I can shoot for a living. You know, with that, I just, on the that many shoots, like how some of them, like, all the, like a lot of the spot guys, like they shoot 25
0: tournaments a year. I don't, want,
1: I don't feel like being gone that long. Right.
0: You seem like somebody who would like field archery. The variety I've there.
1: I've shot. I've sh- I shot field nationals last year. It's fun. Uh, you know, it just. I don't know. Like I enjoy it, but it's not like my go-to. Like I'll have to go to a field
0: shoot. Right. 3D. You feel like you have to do that.
1: Yeah, I enjoy 3D, and I've got I've gotten a little more where I enjoy indoor. Like I'm not want to you know hang from the rafters or fall down some stairs when I'm there anymore.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, um, I was talking to Scott Starnes about, uh, obviously he's big in USAT and he's at versus 3D, and one of the explanations he gave was, I don't want to go to a tournament and just shoot 20 arrows. I like to go and shoot mine, you know, 140 times. Um, the the pace of 3D is okay with you, I take it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously slower than that. You know, those, I, I understand the aspect of wanting to shoot a ton of arrows, but... I also like, you know, have making every single error half the count. I mean, in the U you have your qualifying. So, I mean, that kind of matters, but then it really doesn't if you kill it in matches.
0: Yeah. in And in your division now, known pro in the ASA, I mean, like you said, one arrow could p- take you out of it with the competition you're facing.
1: Yeah, one arrow can move you from like second to tenth
0: is the how about the equipment that you're using these days you've gone through uh several years now um is it do you think we've reached the top as far as the performance or is there are there things that can be done yet are you um giving advice to any of your companies to say hey you, you know we really need to be able to do this or that
1: uh as far as performance goes uh i don't we can't i don't I don't feel like we can push it
0: much further with the
1: materials that we have available. You know, I mean, because you could look how loaded some of the limbs are, the risers. They've tried different series of aluminum. I mean, you could try other materials, but then you're not cost effective. And then you don't necessarily gain anything out performance-wise over aluminum. So, I mean, it's, I mean, we have, I mean, everything's so efficient anymore. I mean, yeah, it's cool to try to push the envelope, but, we almost would need a different material or a different blend of some whatever, you know, to kind of break that neck barrier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems like, well, I talked to one of the engineers and they had said, I don't know how much more we can do. Like you said, with what we have, with the uh, materials that we have, seemed like we were there. Uh, this year uh, at the Classic, uh, you are the Open Pro champ. It had always been men's Open Pro and women's Open Pro this year with open pro it was open to anybody men or women could get in there would you like to see some women make it into the final well actually no women even signed up for the open pro this year what's your thoughts on the door being opened to them coming in and competing right alongside the men
1: oh i have no issues i think it's pretty i actually didn't even realize that uh no but i think that's pretty cool actually because you know there's some Obviously, some great women shooters. You have Tanya, you have Kara, uh Linda. You know, God, there's a million of them uh, that can be just competitive with any men out there. Uh, no, I think it, you know, I don't know how necessarily, I don't know. It probably adds marketability, maybe. You know, you know, just because there, it, that's something no other sport has is, you know, that both genders can compete at the same thing.
0: We, we, some people were saying, Hey, how come, you know, you don't, uh, have the same level of contingency for the women as you do for the men, obviously the participation's a little different. Um, so yeah, so this year we decided, Hey, let's just make it open pro. Anybody can shoot it if they want. Um, um, so yeah, that's, so you're the first actually champion of open pro. Um, since we have, didn't have men's and women's this year.
1: Yeah, actually, I didn't even realize
0: that. Okay, so thanks for listening today, folks. Uh, Jacob Marlowe, we certainly appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. That's the Competition Archery Media Podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud or on iTunes, anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, please like this one and subscribe uh, to hear more of our podcasts, and we'll be bringing you more competition archery subjects and topics through the year. Thanks for listening.